0: You'll be pleased to know that I actually can read my writing now, this morning, when I was hosting, I suddenly realised how bad my eyes have gotten because I couldn't read the screen at the back, (laughs) and I couldn't read the little handout, I was like, right, just going to have to go from memory, it was all good, I think I remembered nearly everything, didn't I, Yeah, okay, good. Um for those of you who don't know me, I, you know I, like I said, my eyesight's not great, so there could be people here that don't know me, so my name's Veronica. It's my privilege to be uh, one of the pastors on staff here in pastoral care. Um, I'm also very blessed to be married to Stu, who's here. he's not well tonight, but he's here anyway. I said he didn't have to be, but he's here, so you know everybody just oh, you know yeah. <laughs> he's just pushing through you know and <laughs> He really is sick, I promise. <laughs> and I'm also blessed to have four wonderful sons. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Ryan. <laughs> Ryan will say he's a favorite. Sean will say he's a golden child. I'm not sure what Connor will say. The firstborn. Yeah, that's it. It's no other than the firstborn. A shout out to the firstborns. <laughs> and and where's Cody? He's there as well. Cool. <laughs> And I have one beautiful daughter-in-law, and hopefully I'll have another one soon. I'm not making any announcements. Sorry, no pressure, guys. (laughs) Anyway, one day I look forward to having four beautiful daughter-in-laws. So, yeah. You know, I grew up in a time where we rode bikes with no helmets, and you're allowed to. Uh, I rode a billy cart that my dad built that had no brakes, and we lived on a hill, and mate, you'd get on that billy cart and if it started to get the death wobbles or you thought you were not going to be able to stop, you actually learnt how to jump off. (laughs) I remember sliding down slippery dips that were so steep, they had no guardrails on them, they were metal, and they would burn you when it was hot in summer. They were the best. (laughs) We used to jump on trampolines with no safety nets play in the street with neighbourhood kids till it was dark or until mum called us home. She used to ring a bell and so she didn't have to yell and um, she would check how far we could get before we could no longer hear her so we could never say, I didn't hear you (laughs) mum. And we also, we didn't have mobile phones. So when you went out and you arranged with someone to pick you up, you just had to wait. It it wasn't like, oh, well, they're not here. They were meant to be here two minutes ago. You just had to wait. And we used to walk lots of places. My kids would call that the olden days. But you know what? I did the same thing to my mum. I said, you know, when when you grew up in the olden days, mum, and I'm sure that for each of you here, you thought that of your parents or you have your kids say it to you as well at some point. The thing is is that it seemed like there was more danger but we had less fear about it. It wasn't like we were like, oh, but what if this happens or what if that happens? And it seems like a lot these days that a lot of the things we put in to make it safe is because what if. But, you know, for all of us, if I asked you in this room, what are the things that you're afraid of or what are the things you remember being afraid of, I'm sure that we could come up with hundreds. You know, our theme at the moment, is fearless, courage, culture. And I think it's such a great reminder for us, particularly when we turn on the TV and there's just such a barrage of fear culture coming at us. You've got to be afraid. You've got to feel anxious. just keeps coming at you. So we've got to put back some good stuff and remind ourselves, no, no, we're on the winning side. We've got Jesus on our side, so we don't need to feel afraid. So I want to talk tonight about moving beyond fear to fearlessness. To be fearless doesn't mean that we no longer experience fear, but I hope tonight I can give you some tools to help equip you so that you can move past your fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. So let me pray tonight. Lord, I just ask that you would anoint the words that I speak tonight. Father, I pray that you would minister to each one of us here. Holy Spirit, that as I'm speaking, that you're actually speaking to every single one of us tonight. And Lord, I pray that we'll walk away with something we can remember about being fearless. In Jesus' name, amen. Nelson Mandela, who was the first black South African president said courage is not the absence of fear but the triumph over it the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid but he who conquers that fear you know growing up I was a child that had a lot of fear I just remember being afraid of all sorts of things yes I I did dangerous stuff but I also there was lots of other things that I was afraid of I was afraid of the dark, I was afraid of what was in the dark, I was afraid of the noises that happened at night in the dark, I was afraid of small spaces. The list went on and on and on. One of the things that I was afraid of is a fear of dogs. Now, I'd like to say to you that I've overcome that, but I haven't. I still would say that I have a fear of dogs. It's irrational, I know that. But if I have a big German shepherd running towards me, it takes every ounce of self-control for me to try and stand still. Because, you know, they say, don't run. I've run away from lots of dogs. (laughs) I'm telling you now. (laughs) Because I could not control that fear that overcame me as a dog comes running towards me. And I never got badly attacked by a dog. But I do know that over the years, God has taught me that regardless of the fear that I still can overcome. That there are times when I will walk towards a dog and it's there and if I don't know it or it's not on a lead, I just begin to pray a lot. It's my reminder that I need to look to God. You know, sometimes the fear of something is greater than the something. The fear of what if, what if, and you know what, what if a dog attacks me has actually never happened. So, you know, I find when I'm experiencing fear, if all I do is focus on the fear, it drowns out all other voices. I actually can't even hear the voice of God. And so it's important that we try to tone, turn down that voice. You know, fear has a voice. It'll say stuff to you like, it's too hard. It's too much. You can't cope. You can't do it. Don't change. You don't know what you're going to be like if you change. Just run away. Ignore it. It says all of those things and I'd say that for most of us when fear begins to speak to us that it says a lot of the same things which tells me that it's more than just in our heads that there's probably a spirit attached to that as well but you know courage also has a voice and if we want to overcome fear in our lives we need to listen to what courage has to say. You know after Moses passed away God began to speak to Joshua and he had to tell him three times he said be strong and courageous so even though I think it was probably an expected thing that Joshua would become the next leader but God still spoke to him about being strong and courageous but he also said do not be afraid or discouraged and I think that that's a good reminder for us as well that not to be afraid, not to be discouraged when we feel fear, but to still keep pushing on. So tonight I have a tool bag here. This is my tool bag. It's my tool bag because it's pink. But Stu bought this for me because I had bought tools over the years and I was sick of people using my tools. It's like, come on, because like, they never came back. That's the thing. They get left places. I had a hammer once with flowers all over it. I don't know where it went. It disappeared somewhere. Anyway, so the reason that I've got tools here is because I want you to be able to remember tonight when you leave and you go out to your week. And I also have a word to go along with it, which is called STOW. S-T-O-W. I thought I'd take a leaf out of Pastor Jack's book, you know, because... It helps us remember. <laughs> so, I have tonight, <clears throat> oh, whatever. I've got a hammer, a pink hammer, <laughs> a Stanley knife, yep. I've got a, a level, someone likes that one, <laughs> and a measuring, measuring table. Okay, cool. All right. Do you know that your biggest breakthrough is actually on the other side of fear sometimes we allow fear to stop us but if we just realize that if I push through that fear I'm going to see a breakthrough on the other side of that fear our biggest healing is on the other side of fear in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 11 to 15 it says this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you it's not beyond your reach it is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask Who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask. Who will cross the sea and bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Even when we feel afraid... We have a choice. We can choose to focus on the fear or we can choose to focus on the one who is greater than any fear that we have. So the first tool I have tonight, which is also the word S and actually really cool, it's a Stanley knife as well. And that just was a coincidence. (laughs) It's about shaping your worries into prayers. With the Stanley knife, you use it to shape things, to change the shape of something. So when we shape our worries into prayer or when we spend time with God he can begin to cut things off our life that perhaps shouldn't be there. In Psalm 19:11 to 14 in the message it says there's more. God's word warns us of danger and directs us to hidden treasure. Otherwise how will we find our way or know when we play the fool? Clean the slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. Keep me from stupid sins, from thinking I can take over your work. Then I can start this day sun-washed, scrubbed clean of the grime of sin. These are the words in my mouth. These are what I chew on and pray. Accept them when I place them on the morning altar. O oh God, my altar rock, God priest of my altar. When we spend time with God, when we we need to be in God's presence because we need to be before we do. It's out of spending time with God that our doing happens. And if we have a lot of doing that we need to do, then we need to, there's a lot of being that needs to happen because the being is what's going to sustain us. It's what's going to keep us going. It's what's going to, in case you haven't realised, life is a marathon. (laughs) And for us to last the distance... We need to come back to the one who's created us. Can I encourage you tonight? Read your Bible. We have never had so much at our fingertips. Download an app. And if you're not a great reader, then listen to it. Because you can do that as well. But the thing is, is the word of God, the Bible, is not just a book. It is different than any other book. And I know that every time I read the word of God, I can have read the same passage more than once, and it's like, oh, I never saw that. Yeah. So I want to encourage you tonight read your word. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. So in this verse of scripture here, it says, It's telling us what we need to do, which is tell God what you need. Now, God knows what we need, so why on earth would this scripture be saying, tell God what you need? It's so that we can acknowledge that we actually need God. And so it brings our thoughts back into focus by telling God what we need. And then it says, thank him for all he's done. Why would we do that? because it helps us to keep an attitude of gratitude. I know that when I remember the things that God's done for me, it helps me to feel grateful. It reminds me to be humble because sometimes there's things that God's done and it's like, there's no way I deserve that God, but thank you that you did that for me. When you spend time with God, ask questions of him because we ask questions in our head all day oh why is that happen why is that da, da da why don't you shape them and ask questions of God he's big enough to handle them but remember to listen for the answers because God will answer the questions that we ask we just have to wait and stop the things that you find yourself worrying about shape them into a prayer When you find yourself worried, why don't you say, God, why am I so worried about this? And then what you can do when he answers you is say, Lord, I place this worry into your hands for you to carry for me. You know, sometimes we cannot even be aware that we're worrying. But pay attention to your body because your body will tell you if you're worrying. Sometimes it will be in your shoulders. (laughs) Sometimes it will be in your stomach. You know yourself, so listen to your body as well. And the word of God is clear of how we're meant to think when we're worrying. It says just choose to think on what's true and honourable and right and pure and excellent and worthy of praise. I want to encourage you tonight to keep coming to God because he knows you better than you know yourself. The second tool I have tonight is a hammer. And I've realised that that is the second word as well, which is thoughts. Now, this hammer, I'm told, and I have seen it happen, it's not just from Stu telling me, (laughs) that a hammer can hammer stuff in, but it also can take stuff out. And for us, sometimes we need God to put some thinking into our heads, but we also need him to take some stuff out at times. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 9, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And then in verse 9 it says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. In verse 9 it says, keep putting into practice. So what is it we're putting into practice? It says it in verse 6 and in verse 8 about praying about everything and choosing to fix our thoughts on positive things. So the things that I dwell on and the things that I think on are going to affect my behaviour. I have caught myself at times uh, when I've pulled myself up thinking that I can do God's work or do it better. It actually causes a lot of stress and it's actually very freeing to hand things back to God and say, Lord, I release them back to you for you to do your work. And the amazing thing is is that sometimes when we hold on to things so tightly, we actually stop God from being able to move. We need to avoid comparison with others. Each of us are unique. God made us to be unique. We can't be just like anyone but ourselves. And it's freeing for us when we realise that we don't need to be like anyone else but who God made us to be. Our third tool tonight is the level and there's a little bubble in there that apparently when you hold it straight it sits right in the middle so um, but this is about obedience to God when we're obedient to God he helps to keep us balanced he helps to keep us level in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We need to choose to not be just like everyone else. We need to choose to let God transform the way that we think. Many times I need God to correct my thinking. I need to listen to him, and that only happens when I spend time with him. You know, as humans, we can... um, tend to think that big is better that greater numbers is more success but you know I read something a while ago that really challenged my thinking that success to God is when we become the person he's calling us to be doing what he's asking us to do in his way and in his time that's success right there and I just thought wow okay I found that really freeing as well This can be particularly difficult when our human logic tries to tell us that it knows better than God. And I know that I've noticed this happen in my own life many times. And I have to stop myself and say, no, no, God said this. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He created us. In Psalm 139 verse 24 it says, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, it can be feel incredibly vulnerable to stand before God and say, Lord, point out anything in me that offends you. But that's exactly where God wants us to be. And you know what? God's not going to show you anything that you're not ready to deal with. And he's always gentle. He, I'm telling you now, he is. There's times when God's pointing things out in my own life and it's been the right time and that's because God knows (laughs) when we start to listen to God and be obedient to what he's asking us to do this is the start of a better type of fear and Jonah spoke about this a couple of weeks ago which was really powerful and when we're being obedient to God that's the start of fear of God the fear of God is also the beginning of wisdom Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. I want that in my life. The fourth tool tonight is the uh, measuring tape. So I don't know about you guys, but we have um, uh, things in our house that we measure, you know, how tall people are. We've got like a big bit of timber and everything. I don't know if anyone else does that in their house, but... The measuring tape is very important in our life, in our world, at home. But it's also about the words of our mouth, that we need to measure our words carefully. Why do we need to measure them carefully? Because there's power in our words. In Psalm 19 verse 14 it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Do the things that I speak about think on and dwell on, are they pleasing to God? I want you to ask yourself that question tonight. Because there's power in our words, when we speak negatively about ourselves or others, there's consequences to that. We get to choose our words. We really do. No one else puts the words in your mouth. I know that I used to say to my boys when they were younger and if they were calling each other names, Do you want to speak death over your brother or life? Of course, they never said, I want to speak death. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, the words that I speak reveal the condition of my heart. And sometimes there's some ugly stuff that can come out. (laughs) And it's like, where did that come from, God? (laughs) God. There are other times we need to guard our mouths and choose not to talk. You know, sometimes there can be situations that happen and I'll be sitting there and say, oh, God, what do I say here? And I'll hear Holy Spirit whisper to me, say nothing. And I'll be like, what? No, 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 I've got to try and fix this. And Holy Spirit will say it again, say nothing. I'm like, oh. And you know what? It takes self-control to then listen to that and be obedient to what God's asking but in Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. There's many times that that has been a good thing for me and I've also had the opposite happen as well when I haven't chosen to keep my mouth shut and it's caused trouble. <laughs> but let's be people that choose to build up others with our words that when we walk out of a room, people feel better, not cut down. So stow means ready to be used. So when we put these tools in this tool bag, it's so that it's there ready to be used when I need to. It's not packed away somewhere where I'm never going to use it. So we shape our worries into prayers, the thoughts in my mind, obedience to God and the words of my mouth. Fearlessness doesn't mean that I'm in control of everything, but having the realisation that when I try to control things I'm allowing fear to speak louder than my trust in God you know we are stronger than we think but with God's help fearlessness is not a lack of obstacles but walking in the way that God has set for us in John sixteen thirty three, it says I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, sometimes we just focus on peace, but this verse of scripture actually says peace in me. Who's that peace in? It's in Jesus. So it doesn't mean that we won't ever be anxious about nothing, but because of Jesus, we can live fearlessly even when there are things to be fearless about. So can I ask the team to come up? In John 14, 27, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Peace of mind and heart, that is a gift. Something the world cannot give you. It doesn't matter how much shopping you do, how much exercise you do, how much food you eat, when you keep trying to replace what God wants to give you, which is peace of mind and heart. That also doesn't mean that if you're struggling with anxiety or fear that you don't have enough faith, it doesn't mean that you're not trusting God enough. But I want to pose a question to you that what if anxiety was a catalyst to bring you closer to God? What if when you begin to feel afraid that it reminds you to come back to God? For myself, there's so many aspects of my life that are beyond me that can cause me to feel anxious or afraid. But I know now and I begin to put this into practice that when I begin to feel afraid, it's my reminder to come back to God, that I need to depend on Him, that it's not by my efforts but by His presence. So tonight, can I ask you all to stand with me because I want to pray for you tonight. I realise that in a room this size that we would all have many different things that either make us anxious or make us feel afraid. And I want you to walk out with peace of mind and heart tonight because it's a gift that God wants to give you tonight. So can I ask you to close your eyes? Because it doesn't mean that if you're struggling with anxiety or fear that you don't have enough faith. It's actually just a reason for you to come back to your Creator. In John 14, 27, it says again, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Lord Jesus, I ask tonight that you would minister to each one of us, that we would feel this gift of peace of mind and heart. I ask, Lord Jesus, where we're struggling to believe that this is a gift, that you would expose the lies that we've believed. And Father God, I ask that you begin to speak your truth to us. Lord, your word says that when we know the truth, it will set us free. I speak this over each one of us here tonight, that your truth would set us free tonight. Father, we hand over to you our anxiety. We hand over to you the things that make us feel fearful. Lord, we hand over to you our troubles. Lord, we hand over to you the people that we're struggling with. We hand over to you the situations that are weighing us down. We hand that to you now. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you will show each and every single one of us, as we hand those things to you, what you're going to do with them. We acknowledge that we need your peace, Lord Jesus, to rest on us tonight. God, let us not walk out of here unchanged tonight. Let us feel your peace. Rest on us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.